Welcome to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Jer- I mean, Adam. Wait, what? What's going on? It's all backwards. It's like days are futuring of the past. <laughs> I guess we're not burying the lead on this one. Yes, folks, <laughs> we are going to, uh, I guess as we did for X-Men First Class, uh, do a, I guess, a review of the trailer, I guess. Or speculations. It can't really be a review, can it? Well, yeah. Speculations, review. It, it, it could be a review. Yeah. This trailer sucked. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. This is a a uh, discussion about the X Men Days of Futures Past, uh, in which uh, we will watch. Uh, we've already watched a couple of trailers, but for you, we'll play the the official trailer number two because that one's got more dialogue, I guess. Um, hey, Jeremy, I'm, if I'm going to correct you, every time you say Days of Futures Past, it's Days of Future Past, isn't it? It is. That's a holdover from when I was a kid. We always called it Days of Futures Past. I know, but you're wrong. But it's like futures possessive, like apostrophe S, like the futures past. I mean, that makes sense. It works. Days of Futures Past. I suppose apostrophe S works, but <laughs> no. Okay, I'm going to stop saying futures past and say future past. Feel free to correct me every time I misspeak. Just wait till we get to the comics. Oh, man, it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> uh Anyways, so uh, we've we've reviewed some of the videos. Um, I've looked at some of the casting stuff. We want to talk about uh, all of that, uh, do some speculation, tie it into some of the other, well, all of the other movies if we can, or at least talk about maybe how it fits in as a, at least as a puzzle piece. Um, I can't say that there won't be any spoilers. Adam and I know nothing more than what's currently on the internet. I don't know about you, Adam, but I didn't go and read any official blogs or listen to any you know, Marvel, X-Men podcasts. All I've looked at is the trailer information, the stuff that's uh, publicly available on YouTube. Same here. So uh, if if for some reason you want to have no idea or you don't even want to have seeds planted as to what other people think this movie is going to be about, you should wait until after the movie comes out to watch this, or listen to this, rather, um, if you... If you don't care or if you think that we're full of crap which we more than likely will be then you should just continue listening how's that sound we're gonna be throwing speculations out left and right one of them has to stick (laughs) we will get one thing right (laughs) (laughs) just don't know which one it's going to be so with that said uh uh should we just should we just roll the clip sure (laughs) here we go rolling the clip so many battles waged over the years And yet, none of them like this. Are we destined to destroy each other? Or can we change who we are and unite? Is the future truly set? Mutants. We now find ourselves on the edge of extinction. You'll need to go into the past to end this war before it ever begins. Use your power. Bring the X-Men together. going to take the two of us side by side at a time when we couldn't be further apart 
should have fought harder for them. There is a new enemy out there. Mutants. You'll need a new weapon for this war. I know what I have to do. It's us or them. Wasted fighting each other, Charles. I wish a lot of people die. Friends. We've been given a second chance. Guide us. Lead us. I don't want your future! You're afraid. I remember. Whoa. Adam. Yo, what's up? I don't want your future. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want your future. (laughs) That's that's what it would sound like if Banshee were to be cast as that character. (laughs) I don't want your future. It sounds like John Oliver from The Daily Show to me, <laughs> formerly of The Daily Show. Yeah. Which always makes me chuckle. So where do you want to start? I've I've, I've got some notes of some things that I'd like to cover, but... I, guess... I don't know where to start at all. <laughs> this movie, this, These trailers are like all over the place. It seems like there's only one or two locations. There seems to be some sort of cathedral yeah. where all the, the future stuff is taking place. And that, 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 that... Yeah, let's hang on to that for a moment. So as I watch the trailer, that kind of, I'm bothered by that. I don't really like the cathedral setting. I don't know if it's, because it doesn't look like a church cathedral that you could go find. It looks like, I don't know, like a leftover set from Thor or something. (laughs) It's a very colorful cathedral. So I don't know, that, that part kind of bugs me. And the thing that really um, confuses me, and, and, you know, this is without seeing the movie, obviously, is that, like, if in the past mutants are this popular like or well-known, then it kind of are already erases the first two movies. What do you mean? Well, the first movie and the second movie were kind of like the... the People of the world were discovering mutants. Senator Kelly was coming out. They were talking about mutants. Mm-hmm. And this trailer makes it look like mutants are like a hot button issue. Yeah. Well, and that they're building. Like, what I gather from these trailers is that the Sentinels of the 19, I guess, 70s are the Sentinels that we know and love. Wait a second. Let, okay. Let's put a pin in that for just one second. Okay. <laughs> um, so this is what I wanted to try to try to figure out. We we, we kind of touched on it uh, at the very beginning. Is like where in time is all of this taking place? Obviously, there's some in the late 1960s, early 1970s. That's pretty obvious because you can tell because of the cars and the Richard Nixon is in there. There's there's some uh everything looks very 70s 60s and 70s right and it's the x-men from the first class movie some of them right so you've got beast in there uh i didn't see any other x-men first class x-men did you no no just <laughs> uh, well just mystique oh and Myst- well yeah right so there's mystique, mystique magneto xavier and beast Those are, are pretty much all that's left yeah it's what it really seems like so so then the second question which i think we know the answer to is 
uh, where from the future are they coming from? And it, it seems to me like it's in the maybe not so distant future. Well, that that again, I mean, unless we erase the end of the Wolverine where he meets them at the airport. Exactly. doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And that's what I wanted to like. I wanted to try to connect that piece. The Wolverine of the future has clearly got some gray hairs, unless the drive from the airport <laughs> to the cathedral was really rough. Well, not only th there's that, of course, uh, but then also as he is walking to the, I think there's an ad in the airport for Bolivar Industries or Trask Industries. And, and... So I wonder if they're going to jump into the future of the present of the Wolverine, like they'll jump into the distant future. Well, that's what I'm kind of wondering because as, you know, as the professor and Magneto come up to Wolverine, they're like, well, we have bad things are coming. I don't remember what the exact dialogue was, but we have to do something about it and we have to work together. And obviously it's setting everything up for this movie. Cause you've got the Trask industries, uh, advertisements going on and, and then it'll cut to 20 years later. <laughs> like, they're in the car and they're like, so some bad stuff's going to happen, but we can't do anything about it until 20 years from now, at which point we're going to send you back in time 60 years. Are you good with that? Um, I'm so confused right now. Who's doing what? So that's, I'm curious how they tie that in, or do they just scrap it and they say, well, that was after the credits, so it doesn't really make, make any difference. I'm going to go with that. However, it still is very confusing because we're all of a sudden in a war-torn future, which I'm assuming that the future Sentinels are... I'm assuming that there's two sets of Sentinels. There's the 70s Sentinels, which are the ones we, we know. Now, what makes you... What makes you think there are 70s Sentinels? Because you see them a couple times in the trailer. Uh, Magneto storms in in a scene with them, behind them. Um, Bolivar Trask is uh, giving a speech, and you see one from the back. You never see one full on. Sort okay. Of. I, I recall seeing some legs, and that's about it. But there, there's a scene with Magneto where he is uh, swooping forth over the uh, the stage. And there are some, there, there's a sentinel that he's either controlling or something. And it looks like the sentinels that we know and love. Yeah, it looks like the movie versions of what the sentinels will be. And then you have in the war-torn future, the ace-melting super sentinel. Well, now that was... I kind of have a beef to begin with. <laughs> so I saw what looked like three different sentinels. I saw... At the beginning of the second trailer, I saw like a ninja bot. Yeah, that's the that's what I'm calling the future sentinel. So he could be potentially Nimrod if they're even going to bother trying to incorporate him into this. They're not. You don't think so? <laughs> no, they might. You know, they might throw the name Nimrod in there. But Project Nimrod that. or something. Yeah, it'll be like a like a, a fanboy sort of right. thing, but I don't think they're going to make Nimrod, Nimrod rather a plot point. Oh, I'm sure not a plot point, but so that, that ninja bot that comes out at the beginning of the trailer and he's got like a knife hand. who's about to stab. I don't know if it was storm or who he's about to stab. You think... Storm who amazingly has not aged. <laughs> her hair is just a little bit puffier, but other yeah. than that, her skin is as smooth as it was in X-Men one. Wolverine's all gray and stuff, but somehow <laughs> yeah. Storm is, like, looking all right. She's a goddess, Adam. <laughs> I heard that 
there's a rumor that Storm's scenes may have gotten cut out entirely or or down to just like one or two scenes. And apparently there were also rogue scenes and they got removed completely. Well, there's she's in the trailers. Um I'm I'm I'm, to, I'm to, I don't know. I'm just talking rumors. Oh, I see. I see. This is not insider information, just rumors. Well, Storm and Rogue are in the trailers for sure. So they may be cut out. I there's I can't think of it. There's been a few movies that I've seen where uh actually I think the Terminator 2 trailer contains some scenes that didn't end up making it into the movie. Mm. Yeah. Because you remember when Terminator 2 came out, I remember every time that trailer came on TV, I stopped everything I was doing to watch it. <laughs> so I had like every frame of that trailer memorized. And then I got like, still, in my mind, the greatest action film ever made. <laughs> Terminator 2? Yes. Hell yeah. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> it, it has yet to be topped. It had mostly practical effects. It was the very beginning of CGI, so... You only had CGI for the T-1000, and that was fine. It had Arnold Schwarzenegger at the height of his career. Yep. James Cameron, arguably, at the height of his career. I would agree with that. <laughs> it had a motorcycle scene. <laughs> and a big truck crash. Oh, and these man. are things that, honestly, as like as a geeky fanboy, I would normally not get behind a motorcycle being chased by a truck. But in this movie... It's awesome. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's got Schwarzenegger doing his shotgun thing where he does the spin move, which is just awesome. It's got just enough future stuff to get us a sense of what's to come, but not enough for us to be like, that looks fake. It's got the occasional really horrible dialogue. <laughs> there was no horrible dialogue in that movie, Adam. You take it back. <laughs> there, there, were a couple of, uh, there were a couple of hokey scenes with Sarah Connor. Well, hmm. You men, all you know how to do is destroy. You don't know what it's like to create something, something living inside you. <laughs> yeah, she was, uh, who was that again? That was, uh... Linda Hamilton. That was the height of her career, too. So she was like, oh, I better She get... was pretty awesome in that movie, but and it's not her fault that that speech sucked. Well, she is, she is a performer. I mean, she did it, make it some... Was, it was... Uh, James Cameron James Cameron's heart was in the right place when he wrote that speech but man it is over the top. Yeah well she, that was a, a, an acting choice that she decided to make and the director I don't think any actor could have made that speech any better. <laughs> and the director decided to keep it and the director arguably wrote it too so most I of blame the... I blame the speech not the actor. <laughs> well anyways back to X-Men days of future past. Um, no, let's talk about Terminator for a while. <laughs> I like the first one too. Only yeah, the first one's really good. <laughs> Except uh, when they're in the factory and they're crushing the the Terminator, the T eight hundred, T four hundred, whatever he was. There's some very poor um, stop animation scenes. The only disappointment for me in T two is the fact that I already knew the twist going into it. What if I hadn't known the twist, it would have blown my mind. So the problem with that movie was the the movie itself was crafted in such a way to take you, the viewer, all the way up to, like, whatever, the 30-minute mark, thinking that Arnold Schwarzenegger was the bad guy, only to flip that on its head and you'd be like, what? 
but the trailer gave it away. Was it the trailer? It was <laughs> totally the trailer. I don't remember what in the trailer, but from the trailer, you knew that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a good guy. So you saw the stuff happening, and you're like, I get it. They're trying to make us think he's bad, but we know he's good because we saw it in the trailer. Or maybe mm. it, it was either the trailer or it may have been the Guns N' Roses video, but one of those two <laughs> that came out before the movie like gave it away. Yeah, whatever it was, it was it was you know, and, and it didn't it didn't ruin the movie in any way whatsoever. But man, I wish I hadn't known. That would have just been like that would have been the, seriously. I I would have like that. I would have blown a load. <laughs> it would have been the icing on top of the proverbial cake, right? Yeah, or the cherry on top. One of the two. It's a good movie. In fact, let's just stop podcasting and go watch <laughs> that movie. <laughs> I might go watch it after this. <laughs> Next week, we're doing a commentary. We're just going to watch it and talk about, oh, I love this scene. Look. <laughs> That's pretty much all it would be. Come with me if you want to live. Oh, he said it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, seriously, we should talk about X-Men. Okay. okay. Back to the back to X-Men. Uh, where were we? Um um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was trying to get at Sentinels. So you think that the ninja uh, robot is a type of robot, or is he's like a unique super prototype? I bot? think, as movies often do, that they will say that you know this is this will be something outside of the comics where they have developed the Sentinel technology to be this super advanced T one thousand Sentinel ninja. Okay, so then there's also a scene uh, towards the, I think at the beginning of the second trailer where there's this uh, flying thing and you just see like these uh, lit up rectangular things and then out of them are flying like swarms of sentinels. Hmm. So first of all, what do you think that flying thing is? You think it's just like a sentinel carrier? I don't know. I, I, it, gave me, it gave me a Tron vibe. They, they show it twice in the trailer, which is kind of weird. Like, I just thought it was like, this is the future. This is what buildings look like in the future. Right. I didn't realize that it was a Sentinel carrier. I don't know if it's a Sentinel carrier or not, but it was flying. And they showed it twice. So, I don't know. Uh, the Sentinel design that I saw, so I didn't catch the 70s Sentinel or the old school style Sentinels. Now I'll have to go back and watch it again. But the Sentinels of the future, I don't know that I'm caring for the design so much. They they only look like they're maybe like double the size of people. Yeah, they, the the you mean the, the Ninja Sentinel? Well, the Ninja Sentinel, he looked like maybe like just person and a half size but yeah they were like man size yeah so there was that one but then the ones that are just like swarming around i think they showed not close-ups but they kind of zoomed in on a few of them uh and they they didn't look like sentinels to me other than having like glowing eyes i'm gonna have to watch the trailer again <laughs> and then the face melty guy do you think which which sentinel do you think he is i think he's the ninja i, I think it's just another part of the ninja see i don't like that either because that really um it seemed to me that the way that they presented that scene is like that's supposed to be like a surprise power that this sentinel has right so they maybe they think that they've defeated the sentinel but then he opens up his face and just blasts and now we've seen that in the trailer i would very much like i mean i again i haven't seen the movie but i just want to see the x-men fight the sentinels that we know exactly i'm that's all i want to see <laughs> So th there's two ways to look at this, right? I mean, there's, I've I've kind of come to accept that 
when Hollywood turns a, a comic, well, that's not even true because some comic books, they have kind of kept the literal story of not Marvel comics so much, but, but stop kind of playing with them. Stop trying to throw them through whatever formula grinder you have and just take the story at hand that's already written for you and just make that into a movie. Yeah. But they they don't. And I've come to accept that. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I think I'm okay with this. I'm uh, totally fine with them not taking the story as it literally is and working within. I mean, I think it's a really cool idea that they're taking the the past X-Men movies that they created and merging them with the future X-Men movies that they created. That, in my mind, is a stroke of genius. Yeah. But again, I just want to see <laughs> Sentinels fighting X-Men. <laughs> I don't care how you do it. <laughs> it just better be 75% of the movie. Or I will be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just kind of like that up the ante thing, right? Like they'll probably show us an old school Sentinel and then then future Sentinels will come and they're going to be fast and quick and super maneuverable and T-1000-like and melty and ninja-y. And... That's why I don't, I don't understand why they need to do that. Why can't they just make – and again, again, once again, haven't seen the movie, but <laughs> – why not make the Sentinels that are the originals? Why not make them freaking awesome? Right. So take 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 the comic book Sentinel, the guy that's forty feet tall, slow, can fly, and like melts things with his hands. And yeah, just, just make so it's fine that they're slow and they yeah. can fly, but they're also impervious and and you know and one of them melts Wolverine's face off. Yeah. I would I would like to see that. Yeah, like I I believe in the actual story. I mean, it takes all of their efforts to like uh take down one and yeah. then like three more come in and then it's just like, "Up, oh, you're dead." Because it's like they're mm -hmm. just so invulnerable that they don't have to be fast and they don't have to have swords and stuff. They just they're just big and can melt mutants. <laughs> now you read all of AVX, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mhm. Mm did you read the storyline pre-AVX? No. What's okay. that? The sum of all fears, or I don't know. There was there was something took place on a bridge, and there was like the San Francisco Bridge, and I feel like it involved maybe Nimrod, maybe some sort of Sentinels from the future. I'm wondering, you know, my memory is <laughs> gone on this story, but I'm wondering if maybe this is where they got the idea for the Sentinels of the future. I don't know. I don't. I didn't read that. That sounds interesting to me. It seems well, like it was, it was it was it was interesting solely for the fact that Colossus. This was when Colossus was the Juggernaut. He, yeah, so that's the the sum of all fears. I think I'm getting that name wrong. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But he, there's in in Uncanny X Men. There's 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 uh, Colossus with the Juggernaut helmet on. And he's right. the juggernaut, and they're fighting on a bridge. I don't know that it's the San Francisco. Well, it's probably the San Francisco Bridge, because that's where the X Men's base is. Yeah, I could be getting stories mixed he, up too. He, if you look at like if you looked at it at, at uh, if you looked at it out of the corner of your eye, you could probably confuse the Colossus design with Nimrod. No, there was definitely a supervillain okay. who I thought was it, it probably wasn't Nimrod, but it was a very Nimrodian <laughs> type of creature. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to. I don't know if we'll. I I mean, I hope so we, through our podcast that we actually get through all of the Nimrod stuff because I lose track of him 
It's somewhere in like 240, 250. And I'm not sure if it's that they just dropped him as a character or they forgot about him or what happened. Mm. But anyways, uh, and then the, the introduction of, have you ever read the introduction of Nimrod through the Uncanny X-Men? Oh, once, but I don't remember it. No, yeah, it's very, it's, it's interesting. So he comes back in time after Rachel comes back in time, much farther after. And uh, he wants to assimilate himself with humans. So he takes on the a human identity and he starts working with humans. And at one point he saves a human and he's really liking it. And then like they drop that storyline and then he just goes full Nimrod and starts like attacking the X-Men and the Hellfire Club and stuff happens and then he disappears for a while then he comes back and then he disappears and at one point he was just like gone and didn't come back Mm. i assume they brought him back at some point because he's a villain something yeah they're bringing everything back nowadays so you know if they haven't brought him back yet you know they will (laughs) yeah they brought back the siege perilous so come on jeez um all right so uh, where did I want to go from here? So we talked about the cathedral a little bit, which I'm just not very cool with. Um, we talked about the flying things, the sentinel designs. So the main things, the main settings of the trailer seems to be the cathedral, the war-torn future, and this um, outside uh, rally of some sort. The, the JFK in Texas? Is that what it is? I don't know. Could be. But there's definitely so actually in the last uh, when we when we uh, you remember that we actually did a, a review or a a speculations podcast just solely based on the title right remember right yes like last year probably about the same time mm-hmm. uh, you would you would either read or speculated that it had something to do with the JFK assassination well and what it, it was was I think that they, the JFK uh, Magic Bullet Theory was going to be a scene in the last movie, First Class, mm-hmm. and it was going to be Magneto who controlled the Magic Bullet. But they cut that. I don't think they shot it. I think they cut it from the script. Oh. So I believe that there that it was, you know, it's a really good idea. So it seems like my speculation at the time was that they would they would bring that back. And it appears as though that is... Some type of a plot element in this movie. I don't know how big or small small of a role, but let's talk about that for just one moment, if if you will. So there's this bending bullet that they call it, and I, in fact, there's actually like a faux website called like I think it's called thebendingbullet.com or something like that. And the idea is that Magneto or Eric Lenscher was there on the grassy knoll and. On the second shot, he took control of the bullet and, like, made it go all curvy so it hit all three people, like, you know, the magic bullet theory. Mm. And uh, if you go to the website, there's a whole bunch of, like, newspaper clippings. It's pretty interesting uh, to read. I mean, I don't think that they'll use, you know, any of it for the movie, but it's it's just kind of like an interesting idea to uh, ponder. But let's just say that, okay, so take Days of Future Past out Right, because now we're dealing with a timeline, and that means that when by the time X Men one and two and three had occurred, Magneto had had a hand in assassinating John F. Kennedy. Right, right. So we also know from X Men three that per the Professor and Magneto, at one point, when they were older, when they were Patrick Stewart and uh, uh, Ian McKellen, not James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. 
right? They went mm-hmm. and visited Jean Grey's parents and tried to set up like the mental blocks to control her power. Mm-hmm. So you're Patrick Stewart, Professor X, and Ian McKellen says, like, I want to work with you and I want to build Cerebro and I think we should be buddies. I know that people think that I had a lot to do with the John F. Kennedy assassination, and I may have, but that's cool, right, Professor? <laughs> so how does, like, it? that's kind of a nerdy, nitpicky, deep dive to take, but, I mean, doesn't that kind of, like, we understand that they had a relationship prior to the events of X-Men First Class when they were on the beach and the professor got shot in the back, right? Well, right, I'm assuming that this movie picks up where that left off, where... They do not have a relationship anymore. But according to X-Men 3, at some point they make back up and they're older and they're helping out Jean Grey. During the events of X-Men 3? No, there's they do like a flashback. Oh, they do? Oh, okay. I don't remember that. I believe that there was a flashback where the professors like uh, Magneto and I used to come here and work with Jean. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm thinking that the events of X-Men 1, 2, and 3 are somehow just going to get wiped. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense that mutants are, like I said earlier, why mutants are, like, feared and loathed at the very beginning of, right. like, like by, 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 it looks like by the middle of this trailer, uh, this movie, Days of Future Past, everybody in the world is going to know about mutants. Yeah. So, therefore, X-Men 1, 2, and 3 can't really exist. I guess the problem I have that this this is the I guess this is really the problem when you deal with time travel in any movie is you got people that overthink it and overanalyze it. But well, even if, if even if you're not dealing with time travel, I mean, initially this was supposed to be a reboot, right? And that makes more sense when you go back in time. You're messing things up with whatever came before, or in this case, after. So if you take, again, take the days of future past element out of it, the future, the dystopian future out of it, you have to accept that all of the 60s events from this particular movie have already happened. So, yes, I mean, that does, you're right, because in X2, right, they go and visit the president and they're like, there's more of us and and you better leave us alone, right? And then the president changes his position on mutants. Charles Xavier's in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. so clearly the events of the last movie happened. Right. So and I, I, he, and, he and Mystique are clearly an, at odds. Right. And he seems to be kind of upset about that. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you be? You took yeah. everything that mattered from me, my legs and my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually a little bit disappointed by that, though. I thought it was a little too on the nose, as it were, for him to get shot in the back and lose the use of his legs. Um, I would would have preferred, like, I'm fine with that. Like, fine, shoot him in the back. He falls down and loses his legs. And we, the audience, are like, oh, no, this is how he lost his legs. But then open up Days of Futures Past with him walking. Like, oh, man, that recuperation was just awful. And make it something completely else. Some, maybe, well, you know, maybe, still could. Maybe even... Lucifer could come in and be the actual <laughs> cause of losing his legs. No, but even make it uh, one of the events from the future, like Wolverine comes back and through something that Wolverine does inadvertently... Wolverine falls on his legs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as he comes out of the time transfer, just lands on the professor's back. He's like, oh, I was just about done with rehabilitation. Son of a man, you're really heavy. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't walk now. 
because yeah i don't know i just felt like i liked x-men first class but i just didn't like how it's like as it's ending they're like oh yeah and we have to take your legs away boom your legs are gone it just felt so rushed and it could have it could have easily happened in the middle of x-men first class or they could have just deferred it to this movie well, they didn't know. They didn't know there was going to be a, this movie. So you don't think so? I, I guess they. I, I guess know. they never truly know, right? Because they're always like, if we do well here, we'll make another movie. It's not like Harry Potter, where it's like we're going to make eight of these things and then we're going to make a billion dollars. I think after X three, the X like there wasn't a lot of hope in the X Men line. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so what else? Uh, connections to other movies. So another thing is, uh. We talked a little bit about how Wolverine uh, or X-Men Origins Wolverine took place in the 70s, maybe like 75, 76. That movie never happened. <laughs> the only reason I bring it up is because there's uh, uh, Professor Xavier is there and he's he's Patrick Stewart. And he's walking. <laughs> he is a CGI Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Remember, he's walking up to the, to the mutants and he's welcoming, welcoming them onto his helicopter. Again, that movie never happened. <laughs> and so that's that's why, you know, if, if anybody was paying attention, like they'd say, well, the professor can't lose his legs on his beach because he had them in 1976. And, and I, you know what? He I ages think 30 the, years. The rules of the X-Men movies are officially this. Every time you walk into an X-Men movie, none of the other ones happened. And that's how I'm going to approach this. <laughs> this is the first X-Men movie. No, because there's going to be references to the other movies or there's going to be Doesn't matter. I won't I I won't even <laughs> I won't I don't need them. So I guess you you don't. But so then then you don't even want to talk about like the Emma Frost and Kitty Pride conundrums. You don't even need to worry about it. This is the first X-Men movie, and the next movie is also going to be the first X-Men movie. <laughs> All right, fine. Their their chronology is so messed up that, that at this point, why even bother trying to fix it? All they can do is pretend like other movies don't even exist. I just feel like, and maybe this is like the the fanboy geek coming out is that somebody could take the time and like watch these movies and like start connecting things it's too late now <laughs> now it's too late <laughs> yeah but maybe a movie or two ago somebody could have done all of that and like kind of put back together the framework so that like it makes sense somehow it was too late with x-men one when they made Sabretooth like unable to talk and like well i can accept that because i can accept that between wolverine x-men origins wolverine in 1976 and x-men one which doesn't have a date we're just going to say that that happens in the present uh he has devolved <laughs> i can i can accept that it's happened in the comic books it does seem mm. kind of like a gross oversight though doesn't it yeah like when they were putting together that character and and uh, don't get me wrong um it just shows that they don't care so why should we <laughs> what's his face who's the guy who played uh, Sabretooth in uh X-Men Origins oh uh, i don't remember he's well anyways he Liv Schreiber he did a really good job as a Sabretooth he was very yes. evil and convincing uh and so it must have been just like as the producers were sitting down they're like this is going to work so well that we don't even care that it doesn't fit in with the other movie. And I think that's how they have, have approached them all. 
the funny thing is that movie didn't work at all, so they were wrong. <laughs> and they should have just gotten that wrestler guy back to grunt a lot. Really, the only movie that has worked really well is The Wolverine because they kind of ignored all the other movies except for the Gene Grey parts. Yeah. So Gene Grey. That's the smartest let's, thing they did. Let's talk about Gene Grey for a moment, shall we? Is she going to be in this movie? <laughs> All right, so again, I have no insider information, I, I and I'll say this, I, I did go out to IMDb, and sometimes you go out to IMDb and they show you some casting where you're like, oh, shoot, I wish I wouldn't have looked. This <laughs> does not have any casting that you look at and you're like, damn it, they've given something away. So either they're waiting until the movie is released to add additional cast or... There's no additional cast. I don't know which. But but no, uh, uh, Famke, what's her face? She is not listed in the credits here. But but that's not to say that through events that happen. Here's, here's my idea. I'm going to pitch you my idea. You ready? <laughs> so <clears throat> Wolverine and Magneto and Professor are in that cathedral in the future. And Professor is explaining to Wolverine all the bad stuff. And I know when it started. It started back in about the 60s when I was on my downward spiral and I needed somebody to pull me out. And I think we need to do that now. Uh, and by the way, uh, you should somehow get Jean back. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed her. So Wolverine <laughs> goes back and he talks young Professor X, James McAvoy Professor X, out of his slump and says, You'll have a lot of warriors in your army, Professor, but only one will really matter and we lose her. Her name is Jean. And the professor's like, I don't really know what you're talking about. And then at the end of the movie, when everything is said and done, everything else happens, the Sentinels and the, you know, they clean up everything and everything is a good Hollywood happy ending. After the credits roll, the professor drives up to this nice house and it's the grays and there's a young red-headed girl out playing out front with her friend annie richards and uh, the professor walks up and he looks up at the sky and kind of winks knowingly and somehow <laughs> he is able to protect gene from becoming the crazy killer that she became in x3 that's oh, my boy. that's my pitch I think you already pitched this in our speculations thing. It was very similar, uh, something I, very similar. I did, but I think I included Shi'ar in there. This time I'm not including Shi'ar. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a very plausible thing that, that could happen. And I've, I've already come up with like 66% of the dialogue. You just need some writer to punch it up a little bit. All right. So here are some questions based on these trailers for you. <laughs> okay. Where do blink and sunspot and iceman and uh kitty pride and bishop fit into this movie that's a question you could have to ask about almost all of these characters because you look at this you look at the casting and you see characters that definitely exist in the 60s definitely exist in the dystopian future but also some of these characters look like they should exist in uh the present so I'm almost wondering if there are going to be three times that we will be dealing with. For example, Kitty Pride. I mean, I don't care what you do to Ellen Page. She can never look older than 17. <laughs> so she's going to look exactly like she did in X3. So that can't be like 20 years into the future, right? Well, we already know that Storm is in the future looking exactly the same. Storm doesn't age. Uh, you asked about Blink. I'm not sure who Blink is, to be honest. Blink is the... Uh... The girl with the pink eyes and the oh. pink hair, and okay. she's a teleporter. Oh, is she related to Nightcrawler? No. She's just a well, teleporter? I mean, other than the sense that all teleporters are 
good buddies. <laughs> <laughs> they go to teleportation uh, uh, conventions. Um, where did she come from? Like, but uh, I don't know her her history uh, okay. as far as the comics. I know she was one of the um, one of that group of time traveling ex people that you know where they would have all these go to alternate timelines. Was that the? Yeah. Was that that wasn't Generation X, was it? No, it wasn't Generation X. It was one of those other. It was like Havoc was part of it for a while. Exiles. Maybe it was Exiles. Well, there was also uh, Havoc was part of X. Was in X Man where he went. He had like a seventy-eight issue series in an alternate timeline, where Madeline Pryor was his teammate. Don't think I've read any of that, but yeah, I think it's I think it's Exiles where there's like a group of X Men and they just kind of travel around to different dimensions and hmm. uh, right wrongs. So she's, I mean, she's a teleporter. So I'm wondering if they're going to if she's going to have something to do with teleporting Wolverine back in time. I don't know. My theory on that is in the trailer, uh, the professor or Magneto says it'll take both of us to do that or something like that. Well, both of us means uh, Magneto and Professor X in the past. Oh, I, I took I it. I took it as the literal translation because the very next scene is Wolverine being like zapped with powers. But you're probably yeah, right, and, that, and, that, and that's what I—that's what I initially took it as too. But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? He probably—it's probably one of those trailer manipulations, right? Where, where it actually means he's actually going to be talking about himself in the past and the professor in the past. Right. Wolverine needs to get the professor and Magneto together to cooperate uh, so they can fix the past. Right. Which actually could be the thing that, like makes them friends again and makes them work with Jean Grey, but then they have another falling out. <laughs> they're like, they're like lovers who just can't get it together. <laughs> make up, break up, make up, break up. Well, it seems like in the future they made up again. So exactly. Well, it's kind of like the comic books. They go back and forth in the comic. And they're good buddies in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are good looking. I, I saw, uh, old, I saw, older saw men. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen on Broadway. Yeah. Well, I was there over, uh, over this, Christmas break. Did you talk to them about the X-Men? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you talk to them at all? No. There was a, there was a big line waiting for them oh uh, God, to I come out imagine. and sign their books and stuff, but um yeah, I didn't I, I didn't wait around. I would have waited around and been like, "Can you sign my boobs?" <laughs> <laughs> you don't have boobs. Well, I can try. All right, so you also have an Iceman who's got a beard. You know, I've never liked uh, the their. I don't like the guy that they picked to be Iceman. Mm. I mean, he's probably a fine actor in his own right, but he's just to me doesn't feel right for Bobby Drake. I feel like a lot of these people they're just bringing back to have that connection. Um, I guess maybe the the I could take maybe I should take that back. Like if they were to completely erase everything that they've done and actually do like. X-Men First Class, where it's the original five X-Men, then I could see this guy playing young Iceman. Mm. And I think that's probably what they were going for when they cast him. But he's never really stood out. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. He stood out. He was. He played a pretty good role in X-Men 2. So I, should, I guess I should take that back. I don't even count X-Men 3. <laughs> Pile of crap. Um, although you got to see uh, Colossus um, do more stuff in X3, I suppose. Oh yeah, and Clauses is in this too. I yep. forgot about him. Same guy. Sunspot, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm guessing that most of these characters 
are probably future characters. And while we're looking at this, why don't we just why don't we just take a look at the cast here real quick? What do you think about that, Adam? Oh, I thought you were doing it. Oh. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence returns as uh, Mystique. I think she's okay. I think she's pretty good. Although there's one scene where she's sliding on the ground towards Magneto, and I don't like that scene. I don't know why. Well, I think she's being pulled towards Magneto. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the scene. There's something oh. wrong with it. Okay. Michael Fassbender as Eric Langsher. I, I liked him a lot in X-Men First Class. I thought he was really good. He's good. Uh, Peter Dinklage as Bolivar Trask, I think is a totally interesting choice. I wonder if it's just... Bolivar Trask, he's a good actor, so... I just wonder, are they leveraging his evilness from Game of Thrones? Or were they like, we could use a little guy to be this character? Oh, I, I think he is a popular actor right now. Okay. I just wonder if, as people watch this movie, if they're going to be able to take him out of the Game of Thrones role and let him just be Bolivar Trask. I bet they will. I mean, you know, it depends. If if he's a good actor, then they will. He's he's in that old movie, The Station Agent. Have you ever seen that? I have seen that. It's a great movie. Well, watch that again and see if you can... I don't need to watch that again, Adam. It's a great movie. <laughs> well... What I'm saying is watch it again and see if you can erase Tyrion Lannister from it. Oh, I can. I'm just wondering if other people can. In fact, when I watch Game of Thrones, all I see is the guy in the station agent. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, they say that there's going to be um, Evan Peters here as Pietro Maximov. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we saw Quicksilver. Uh, he has been in, um, the only thing I know him from is American Horror Story. So I don't know if, have you watched that show at all? The, the costume looks terrible, but the costume for Quicksilver in the Avengers also looks terrible. So I guess you just shouldn't do Quicksilver. <laughs> have you seen this, this guy, his acting chops? No, I've never seen American Horror Story. Oh, okay. He's good. He's an interesting choice though for, uh, Quicksilver. I mean, Quicksilver, to me, is an older, skinny guy. It's probably the white hair that throws you. But we don't see his costume in the movie, do we? We we, we saw it on the cover of one of those magazines. Oh, uh, did we? I don't remember. Did it have, like, the lightning bolt? Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. All right. He was all, like, had cool silvery hair and cool sunglasses and was annoying looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Hugh Jackman, of course, is Wolverine. Ellen Page is Kitty Pride. I just, I don't know how they're going to use her. I, I think she's got a, a larger role in this movie. I don't see how all these people can have larger roles. <laughs> it does seem There's like... There's only so much time. <laughs> well, we can probably speculate that the movie... Well, he... Okay, here is, I think, the sign of a, uh, a movie that didn't uh, produce well. Um, I think when X-Men 3 was announced uh i think it had a running time of like 94 minutes mm -hmm. and when i saw that i was like 94 minutes like what happened because the other movies <laughs> are a little over two hours and to me what that means is like maybe they shot two and a half hours and it was just they were like we got to get this down to a nice tight action flick so we can recoup as much money as we possibly can because this thing's going to be terrible is there a director's cut maybe the director's cut's really good I don't know if there's a director's cut. I doubt it. <laughs> but maybe you're right. Uh, anyway, so that's that's one way to tell. Like, like if this thing gets cut down to like a 90-minute movie, like, it's just going to be like cameo fest. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if this movie's not like two, two and a quarter, right, like you're not going to be able to 
develop stories for these people unless it's like a whole bunch unless it's like the two professors the two magnetos wolverine and cameos by everybody else right like that's that's like all you could do and jennifer lawrence yeah she seems like she has a pretty big role so i guess it would be she's, she's got an oscar now she better have a big role <laughs> yeah she's got top billing in imdb although i don't mm-hmm. know how they're doing their sort but uh Anyways, uh, so again, I don't know how they're going to use her character. She's obviously not the one that they send back in time, so uh, whatever. This Nicholas Holt guy is back as Beast. James McAvoy, Anna Paquin is listed here as Rogue. Uh, Ian McKellen, Halle Berry. Sean Ashmore as Bobby Drake, so it's the same guy. Patrick Stewart. Uh, Bing Bong Pham is Blink, and she was in... What was she in? Was she in something... She was in something called Future X Cops. That sounds kind of cool. <laughs> Other than that, I don't think she's been in, in much that I'm aware of anyways. Warpath is played by Boo Boo Stewart. This guy was apparently one of the wolves in uh, wolves in uh, the Twilight series. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's about it. But who's, who's Bishop? What has he been in? Uh, I'm getting down there. Don't jump the gun. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lucas Till as uh, Havoc. He I don't. He hasn't been anything in anything else. Adam Canto as Sunspot. Oh, so Havoc is coming back. They're, according to the credits, here he is. Mm. Uh, this Adam Canto. If you look at his IMDb profile, he does look like he'll make a good Sunspot. Mm, that's good. So that's good. But I. I mean, I don't know how they're going to develop a character around that guy. Uh, Daniel Cudmore is playing Colossus. He's back. He's the same guy that was in X3, and I think he was in X2. Cameo, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't know if he armored up in X2. Uh, Omar... Briefly, super briefly. He may have. Omar Sy is playing Bishop. Uh, He was in a movie that I want to see called Micmacs, but I haven't seen that yet. So why bring Bishop into Days of Future Past? You know... I mean, because the... Bishop is a time traveler. Yep, we know this. Yep, I don't, I don't know. know. That just that just interests me. I wonder. I I feel like he's probably just going to have some stupid cameo, but I think he's there probably for the fanboy appeal. I mean, he comes from the same future that Rachel Summers comes from. I don't right. remember why he, he. I don't remember what the story of Bishop was, but he becomes an X Man after that. So yeah, his his story gets super convoluted. I know that it does, but there was something initially, like when he first came back in time, probably a misunderstanding. Uh, yeah, he came back in time initially to do something with the acolytes of Magneto to stop them or something like that. And then the, uh, many, and then he was like a member of uh, Extreme X-Men when Chris Claremont was writing it, and oh. that was pretty cool. And then they decided that he was uh, wanted to kill Hope Summers. Oh, okay. And then Hope Summers becomes a big character unto herself. Right. Um, I don't know. It would seem to me that if you're going to bring Bishop into a Days of Future's pa- Future Past movie, you should he should have a very large role. He should be the guy that's coming back in time to warn everybody. But, I don't know. But that's not... I don't think what's going. He's just going to he's just going to be a future guy. He's going to have a couple of lines. He's going to shoot up a sentinel. And then he's going to be like, yeah, we got to get Wolverine back in time. <laughs> That's going to be it, I bet. Yeah, probably. Uh, we got another guy. Evan Joinkite is playing Toad. So you got a new Toad. Oh, interesting. This guy doesn't have uh, too many movie credits, but they do have a headshot of him as Toad. And he's got like the goggles and kind of like scaly skin. He looks, he looks actually kind of cool. 
looks better. Toad back, weird. Well, they're bringing Toad back, and they're not bringing it back as that guy, uh, Darth Maul, Ray Park. So that's weird. He was busy doing what? (laughs) Something awesome. Look, martial arts. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was Darth Maul. (laughs) I'm not Darth Maul anymore. Uh, they're bringing back a. Uh, they're bringing back William Stryker, but they're bringing back yet a third actor to portray William Stryker. I believe this is young William Stryker. Yeah, but there was a young William Stryker in the Wolverine movie. Well, this that movie didn't exist. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting. <laughs> uh, and then the rest of the characters are are just kind of ancillary. There's a character called Ink. I don't know if that's a X Men character, but uh, yeah. Other than that. So that's your cast, at least as as far as uh as far as they'll tell us in uh well, honestly, I'm glad we had this talk because it made me realize that each X-Men movie needs to be experienced on its own. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to go back and rewatch all of them? No, I'm not cuz <laughs> this is the only one that exists. Just if you own the DVDs or Blu-rays, just throw them in the garbage pile cuz they don't matter. And if I ever watch another one of them, I'll be like, oh, this is the only one that exists. Um, so taking a look at my list here, I pretty much hit all of the items I wanted to talk to, except for one last, probably the most important, and that is ice slides. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be honest, when uh, in, in the first two X-Men movies, they decided not to ice up Iceman, and I think they they did that for good reason. Because when he finally iced up in X3, he looked stupid. Did he ice up in Ice 3? I don't even remember that. He did. When they got to uh, the the Alcatraz, Iceman, like, says, I'm on it or something. He turns around, ices up, and, like, goes off to go fight. Like, that's his scene. Like, he's not icy for very long. It's just a very quick scene of him icing up. Ah, that movie never happened. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But I gotta be honest, I mean, in the quick preview scenes that i saw in these two trailers here Iceman iced up on his ice slides actually looked okay were they supported uh by nothing i don't know the camera was kind of like tracking above the ice slides so <laughs> you couldn't really see if there was supports below it because if they have actual supports it's not comic accurate <laughs> like i want to see him zoom out i want to see all of that ice but yeah so um other random thoughts. I thought in the second trailer when they're showing the dystopian future, uh, honestly, I I thought that it the the city looked too war torn. Like it doesn't look like that destructed town could support people. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? This, this kind of reminded me of Terminator. It looks like like everything's destroyed, and I guess that's probably what they're going for. I wonder if we're going to see any mutant camps. Internment camps of sorts? Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's, to me, that's how the movie should open up. It's just yeah. a bunch of mutants, like, doing menial tasks, and then a sentinel comes by and says, Mutant 445, what are you doing? I'm busting out of here. Zap. <laughs> Cut to the past. Play some uh, Eagles song or something, and it's Magneto driving around in a convertible. <laughs> Do you think Balor Trask will realize the error of his ways? Uh, that mutants are people too? Hmm, that's a good question. I didn't even think about it. What is the motivation it. of Bolivar Trask? Yeah, you're right. What is his what is his motivation? So like the way I guess I would do if it was my movie and it's not, <laughs> but if it was my movie, like this mutant hate would start 
in the 60s for Bolivar Trask. Like, maybe he's uh, an aide of JFK's, and here, here's some speculation for you. He learns, and this maybe helps feed, like, maybe not everybody knows about these mutants, but he knows for some reason about Magneto uh, and his powers, and he does observe Magneto in Texas on the grassy knoll, and so he speculates that with those magnetic powers of his, he's able to manipulate that bullet to kill JFK, and because of that, he has now decided to dedicate his life to the extermination of mutants because they're evil and they can't be trusted. I hope that's not true. Because here's the other thing, is that Wolverine is not going back in time to stop an assassination as he as Kitty Pride does in the comic book, because that assassination is going to happen. The trailer sets it up that, the, that Wolverine is going back to go fix the professor. That's true. And so by fixing the professor... Maybe he can instill hope. Hope is thrown around a lot in that movie. So maybe, but that doesn't make any sense either because the professor that we met in X-Men 1 had hope. Maybe maybe they are going to try to prevent JFK from getting killed. No, that would be that would be dumb. No, I, maybe they're, maybe they're going to go back to make sure that JFK does get killed. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I speculated in the first trailer, I think. <laughs> But um, no, that that that's a fixed point that happens. But I think that they could use that as like the motivation for Bolivar Trask and they could frame Magneto and only like inside elite Pentagon folks are aware of this mutant thing, which would still allow for X-Men 1 and 2 to work because the general population at large still believes in the magic bullet. And there is no X-Men 1 and 2. Uh, in my world, there's still an X-Men 1 and 2 and two Wolverine movies. And somehow they all have to fit together. <laughs> you're, you're grasping. Gonna, you're going you're gonna to mess up your life. <laughs> you know, I just feel like if, if somebody could do this movie right and like pull little pieces of all of those movies together to make all of them work, all of a sudden all of those movies become good. But you know what's going <laughs> to ruin that? What's that? The next one, X-Men Apocalypse. That's not in the works, is it? It is. Is it? Brian Singer tweeted it. The next movie, 2016 or something, 2017, X-Men uh, Apocalypse, oh whatever gosh. they call it. What, what what was the big Apocalypse uh, series? It was Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, They're X-Men Age of that, Apocalypse. Though. That doesn't make any sense. And it's going to take place in the 80s. Really? They've already said... So is that still leveraging X-Men First Class? Yeah. So I wonder if they're trying well, I, to... I don't know. I mean, we're we're talking well, super well, future speculation, but right. these are the rumors that are... I mean, this could all just be like some huge false lead sort of thing. Oh, sure. Like throw people off the right. Because if it takes place in the 80s, it almost kind of... Well, it seems to me like at this point, uh, X-Men 1 came out in what, like 2000, 2001, something like that? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's been 14 years since that movie came out. You know, I don't know. I guess at some point, Anna Pay Quinn and, I don't know, Patrick Stewart never seems to age. So maybe not him so much. But at some point, some of these characters can be like, like I don't I don't want to do this anymore. Like, you only use me for two shots. <laughs> well, presumably, if, if they do do an Age of Apocalypse movie that takes place in the 80s, it won't involve so much time travel. Well, actually, I mean, if they did a Age of Apocalypse, they could do it in the 80s and it could have all of these characters because the whole point of Age of Apocalypse is, well, it's a kind of like a what if Magneto killed the professor. Right. And then like everything else goes wild. But I think there's other things that happen to create the 
reality that they have. But actually, I mean, if you go by kind of like the chronology that's been laid out, like Rogue isn't born in the 80s. Neither is Iceman. So those characters are out. Mm-hmm. Storm would be like five. Well, they, they'll, they'll just introduce eight other new mutants. But there's not any other mutants left. Are you kidding? Well, like main... This movie has Blink in it. <laughs> well, like last movie had Azazel. And exactly like there's they don't they can do whatever they want there's plenty of mutants to pull from but there's like no like a-listers left all quentin choir who uh quentin choir you don't know who that is no i don't oh man we have we have we have to catch up at some point (laughs) did he come out in like the three four hundreds he was in the uh, the Grant Morrison era and is still being used today. He is the uh, he is the modern. Uh, I guess they're turning him into the new Phoenix. Oh, is he the guy with like fire mouth? No, no. See, there's that guy. You could have fire mouth. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but I've read a few issues that he is in. I forget a chamber. That's his name. Chamber. Yeah. Okay. That's there's a whole era of mutants there that I am completely unfamiliar with, but they're not A-listers. You don't make a movie of Chamber. You could do all the new mutants. <laughs> no. Well, you're already bringing Sunspot in. I don't know. I don't know, Adam. I I don't know. There's got to be an A-lister that they haven't done yet. Um, The Beast, Angel, Cyclops, Storm, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, Banshee. Uh, She's a Kitty Pride. I think they've all been covered, Adam. Storm, Wolverine. I can't even, like, they're bringing Warpath into this. I mean, now they've got, they've literally done all of the original X-Men. All right. Havoc. Lorna Dane, I guess they haven't brought her in yet. You know who they haven't brought in yet? Who's that? Dazzler. (laughs) She should get her own movie. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, after all of these years of waiting, the Dazzler movie will come out. Psylocke, I guess they have. Dazzler, the Age of Apocalypse. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it could be the Dazzler Psylocke movie. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Um, Dazzler and Psylocke versus Apocalypse. <laughs> long shot. They haven't brought Long Shot in. Yep, yep. Long shot. Uh, Captain Britain, although he was never officially an X Man. Well, he probably was at some point. I think Kitty Pride has uh, what? What is her, her little dragon's name? Oh, Lockheed. Lockheed could yeah, be in there. Yeah, That'd be, they should just do that comic as a movie, like where they go and. They get Lockheed. I don't know. All right. Anyways, I, I think we've uh, we've digressed. Um, so let's just end this thing with uh, uh, predictions, like good or bad. <laughs> so I don't. Um, I don't know how you answer that. Well, I have a new attitude. My when I was first going into this, my attitude was that there was there's just no way that this can be a good movie. I was just too skeptical. There's there's. You can't live up to all the craziness that's going on with all the other, the weight of all the other movies uh, bringing it down. But then I realized that none of those movies existed. And so now I'm actually looking forward to this. I think this is going to be a good movie. <laughs> okay. That's, 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 a, that's a positive uh, uh, speculation for Adam. I don't know if I can get the clutter of the other movies out of my head. And I don't know that I can watch the movie without saying, hey, Kitty Pride can't be here in this future looking like that. <laughs> She'd be much older than this. Or, well, actually, you know what's interesting? If you look at that cast lineup, there's no Emma Frost. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, that's all blown to hell because she was also a little girl in the Wolverine movie. I was... uh. 
I read somewhere or I saw somewhere that that wasn't actually Emma Frost. It was her sister. Okay, they could do that. But didn't they call her Emma? Like, hey, Emma, come with us. Yeah, they probably did. But they could do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they never, yeah. So that, that she had the same powers. <laughs> well, yeah, they're twin sisters. <laughs> well, I guess they can write anything they want to try to write things off. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That saber tooth that you saw in X Men One—that's Sabretooth's brother, Sabretooth. Yeah. <laughs> and this will be Toad's brother. Toad. <laughs> they just have the same name. They're not very creative. So have they done all the? They haven't done Mastermind yet either. No, no. They they have not done Mastermind. And I mean, based on what we've seen of what he could do, he could be a really cool villain. See that that's you know what that's the problem I think with the X Men movies so far is that there's too many mutants. And you've said this before, too many mutants shoehorned into these films, and it takes away from like a like a massively interesting plot in favor of just cramming in a whole bunch of characters to do things. Yeah, I would I would like to see a core group throughout a couple of movies and stop adding stop adding stuff. You can add villains, but no but no no new heroes. Like I would have liked to have seen, you know, X-Men 3 if they would have like not done X-Men 3 and instead <laughs> Uh, Magneto finds a young mutant named Mastermind, and together they collude to basically manipulate Jean Grey into becoming what she became. Like that could be a good story. And then you just you have the core X Men and the Hellfire Club into there. No Hellfire Club. Yeah, I get well. No, no, you don't even need them. You don't need them. But that's another mm-hmm. interesting thing. Is did Shaw die in the first X Men first class Shaw. movie? I don't remember. Because, I mean, if you're in the comics, you know, the, the Hellfire Club is ultimately who funds the whole Sentinel project to begin with. The Hellfire Club is still around in the comics, but now they're kids. Yeah, I've read some of those. Anyways, uh, yeah, I, I guess I would take a, a more slow-paced but well-thought-out story that, you know, like really engages the, the viewer. But I guess they're not interested in making that. These are These are summer popcorn flicks. That's what they are. That's the problem. The X-Men movies are like the low end of the summer popcorn flicks. Yeah, but I would, well, but I, yeah, but I would say that the one that everybody says is the good one is the least popcorny of them all. Which one's that? X2. Oh, everybody likes that one. I like that one. The longest. It's the slowest. It's the least actiony. It's got some problems, but of all of the movies, I, I do like that one probably the most. Although, now, number one has a special place in my heart because it was like they made an X Men movie, hooray! And the X Men movies awful. shouldn't be action movies. No, because the the one thing I mean, the one thing that doesn't carry well in X Men One is the action. No, no, but it, for me, it wasn't really even about the action. I mean, there was a scene. There's a couple of scenes of like people being thrown about, and you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, they didn't put. They didn't. There was not much mo- money behind X One. Because I don't think they thought it was going to go very far. So, but anyways, my prediction is utter mess. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to like it. You know, when the first when they announced the title, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're doing that!" My childhood dreams have come true. But now you look at the trailer, and there's some neat things in the dialogue that uh, uh, Patrick Stewart delivers is is good and you know motivational and all that sort of stuff. But then you watch all the stuff that's happening, and you're like. That's two minutes and 45 minutes of, like, sheer action happening in different places involving different characters. How, like, those have to bleed into larger scenes. 
So if those well, bleed into five-minute scenes... So, I mean, this could be... It could literally be two five-minute scenes that it just took all of the parts out of. Yeah, you think so? It could be. With fast but editing these days, you that's never know. That's my hope. <laughs> I doubt it. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's all the action. And so we've seen all the action, and now the rest of the movie, the other two hours and 12 minutes, is nothing but just like... Uh, just dialogue and story building. (laughs) Like maybe the trailer is cold from the first 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I doubt it, but we'll see. Well, we will see. So there you go. Uh, Adam thinks he'll enjoy it. I, I will, I will try my hardest to enjoy it, but I'm predicting a mess, but maybe, you know, maybe the, the other ones don't exist. Maybe the mess is just like a story mess, but maybe like the action scenes and the robots, they just turn out to be super cool. Who knows? I have my doubts about that, but let's put it this way. I don't think that this is going to be the Avengers. No. <laughs> <laughs> as much as it pains me, cause I'm so much more of an X-Men fan than I am an Avengers fan. I think at this point, the X-Men need a reboot. I think here's what I want. Dear Fox, please sell your rights back to Disney. <laughs> yes. And reboot and start with uh rogue with Carol Danvers powers. Oh, that'd be amazing. Or, or just make that the plot of the first movie. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? There's so many things you could do. You know what I really want to see? And I've said this before and I it, it just, it worth, it's worth saying again. And I don't know where the, animated rights for the X-Men fall. I don't, Fox probably has those, but if they could somehow, if Disney could get those back and they could make some direct to video, like make days of futures past, but make it the Chris Claremont and make it look like, uh, I think John Byrne drew that, but make it, make it look like that. And just have a direct to video, just like they did with the dark Knight returns. <laughs> Cause that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And if you made a direct to video animated thing, you would sell, you would sell, 500,000 copies and you would make your money back plus more. Well, I don't know about that, but you'd sell a lot. <laughs> I don't know how many you would sell, but you'd make your money back. People, I don't know. I think people would eat that up. Sure. All right. Have you said everything you wanted to say? I think I've said everything I want to say. <laughs> okay. Until next time, the danger room is closed.